small anymore. Um, I used to be able to read really well small stuff, but uh, for some reason, the old eyes are failing. But um, yeah, you'll see, I'll hold this up for you. You can see, um, it's the only way, without having to put my glasses on to be able to, to read. So, And I'm not a lover of wearing glasses. Some people wear them really well. Uh, I've got some excellent friends who who seem to be able to wear them really well. For me, I just haven't got used to um, you know, running out in the field and stuff like that with the kids uh, if I've got glasses on. Um, and as my wife again will tell you, I have ruined many pairs of glasses when they've fallen off my face and then the kids have ran over them and they're all busted up. So I tend to leave them off these days. So my topic today that I um, had the privilege uh, from Sean to pick, which is, is rare actually, to pick my own topic. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I thought, what am I really passionate about? And what do I, what do I love? And one of those things is justice. I, I do not like seeing uh, injustice. Uh, it, it, it doesn't sit well with me. And I like to make sure that people, um, yeah, obviously experience justice and, and that, uh, yeah, they're looked after on that side of things. So let's break justice down. Let's go to our next slide. This is just ice. Is that a good dad joke or what? <laughs> Uh, my son put me up to that one. Uh, I was, we were talking about the sermon and he goes, oh, I bet you won't put that up. And I go, I bet you I will. Uh, and here it is. So, yeah, no. So, justice. Let, let's go into the, the, the real meaning of justice. So, we can go up to our next slide, please. So, justice. Just a behaviour or a treatment, a concern for justice, peace and a genuine respect for people. Something that I am passionate about is, you know, respecting people. I have been in different positions and well spoken earlier with the, uh, for 15 years actually. And um, yeah, sometimes uh, things that I've experienced, there has been injustices and I've actually caused injustice as well, which I feel ashamed about, but I have, I've tried where I can to, yeah, uh, go and apologise to the person and hopefully create a little bit of justice there as well. Um, but I've also been a, a part of receiving the injustice um, myself. So I just thought, mm, okay, what things have I, have I experienced over the years? And if I reflect right back to when I was young, which is quite a few years ago now, I'm actually nearly 50 years old. I'm 49 now, um, heading up to the big 50 next year. I never thought I'd get there. I used to think when I was, you know, 15 years old that 50 was like, you are done for. You, are, you might as well have one foot in the grave already. Um, but I'm here now. Mind you, the back does twinge a little bit and the knees get sore, so maybe I am there, but no. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, for me, if I reflect back, right back, actually, to when I was about 10 years old, we, I used to live down in Victoria, um, which, 
at the moment we're all locked out of, so New South Wales and Victoria. Um, so my whole family uh, is based down in Victoria, my parents, my brother, my sister, um, even cousins uh, are down that way. And uh, so they all reside down there. And I remember growing up at, um, at my parents' place and they lived there in that same house actually for 50 years, which I was super impressed about. Um, so they've only, they only just sold it a few years ago and um, are living elsewhere, but uh, they, they were still living in that house for 50 years. So super impressed. Um, but in that house we knew actually a lot of the neighbours that were all around our neighbourhood. Um, and we used to all get together. We lived on a hill and we used to all get together with our bikes. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this, um, but we used to link all our bikes together with, you know, strings and all sorts of things. And we used to pretend we were like a big freight train and we would head down the hill. Now, probably in this day and age, it's not ideal, probably a bit of a safety hazard, um, yeah, we did crash yeah, a few times and there'd be a few people who had a, a few cuts and bruises. But we used to do this quite a bit and um, you know, our next door neighbours would be a part of this and we'd be out there. Now, at this point, my brother, um, who's about a year and a half younger than me, um, he's actually bigger than me, would you believe? Um, he's six foot eight and built like a brick. Um, yeah, if you run into him, you sort of, you just crash back over again. But he's just, he's one of those big, tall teddy bears. Um, so he's a beautiful guy. Um, but he used to join us on this sort of stuff. And I used to be other, and I used to sort of buff him around a little bit, you know, and expect him to do what I wanted to do and wouldn't listen to him necessarily. Anyway, one of these days, we were out there with the neighbours and daylight right up until nearly nine o'clock at night. And so that was cool because we could go eat dinner, then come out and play again, which was awesome. So, and this is during the school holidays as well. So, of course, it was the best time ever. And anyway, my brother was out there and our two lots of next door neighbours um, both of our next-door neighbours were girls, would you believe? So two lots of girls either side. Down the road we had um, two brothers and then across uh, the road on Eastfield Road there were some other friends of ours and they were all participating this day. Anyway, we had all linked up but my brother was left out and I thought, and, you know, being of the big brother, I was like, that's okay, you just, you just wait. And he, he was saying, no, wait for me, wait for me. And I'm like, nah, we're just going to go and do this, you know, but I, I want you to wait. And he was really starting to get quite upset about this. And anyway, I just said, no, nah, we're riding off. So we started moving and my brother, in all his wisdom, picked up a big stick and decided he was going to use it. Moving on a little bit, high school. I went to a lovely high school, uh, Nutterwadding Adventist High School. It was an awesome school and I do love it. But, yeah, you know, at, at, at the same time, you know, I had some great friends there as well and I wasn't look the best at following through on things but uh, I actually, surprisingly enough, 
and this is for social science, would you believe, of all the subjects, um, I actually completed this assignment. And I was pretty proud of myself that I actually completed it because generally I didn't. So I had completed this, but my friend, and he was, he was pretty switched on, but he hadn't completed this assignment. He said, Angus, can I borrow your work? I just need to copy it and uh, we'll, we'll hand it in and get it done. Okay, cool, that's all right. So we handed it in. Um, he modified his a little bit so that obviously we weren't exactly the same um, because we would never want to cheat, of course not. Um, but we handed them in. Anyway, we got the grades back. Well, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So I put all this effort in and I got a C minus. And my other mate got an A. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Anyway, so, yeah, I, and I was like, oh, you've got to be joking. Anyway, uh, I couldn't really reveal that to my parents because obviously I would then get my friend in trouble because he copied. But I was, I was a bit sort of like, that's a bit of an injustice. Like, come on. Um, but anyway, look, it was probably a good lesson learnt. Uh, and um, anyway, it made me realise that I needed to probably potentially hand in my work and not let other people look at it um, and just wear it for what it was. So that's another thing that sort of happened to me as I, I went down, and that's from the injustice side of things. So then we go down a f quite a few more years and I found this beautiful lady that I married and um, we started doing life together. And one of the things that God called us to was out um, into Cambodia. And we got the great opportunity out there um, to support um, orphans out there in an orphanage. And we heard some horrific stories of young people who uh, I know uh, one of them that we heard um, that came into our orphanage, um, he was... His parents died, he was put with his auntie and uncle um, and they basically just used him as a slave. Uh, when we picked him up, he was virtually just skin and bone. Um, I reckon if he, we had have left him for another week or two, he probably would have died. Um, he was just so thin, so anorexic. Um, but anyway, this, this young person... Um, was able to come to our orphanage and he really blossomed from there. And would you believe now that same young man is a doctor? Um, so, you know, what a blessing. What a, This young man was in, in an injustice situation. He had the blessing of being able to come to this orphanage, be a part of that. And now, yeah, he's, he's married um, he's become a doctor, you know, and it's just, it, it's so beautiful to see that. So that's some of my bits and pieces of what I've experienced, and I'll enlighten you a little bit more on what happened with my brother um, down the track. But what does the Bible say about justice? So in Isaiah 1.17, it says, Learn to do good, seek justice. Correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and please the widow's cause. So that's one of them. Then we've got Micah 6 8. 
He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So that's just a, a couple of what uh, passages from the Bible that um, talks uh, in relation to um, justice and, and what it has to say about it. So I suppose when I reflect, and I, I think when I went up to Monte with some of these amazing young people, uh, we had the opportunity to sort of share uh, the good news with a couple of, of young people up there. And we actually did get the privilege of giving one of the young people a Bible. Now, if you've, you haven't had the chance to um, read the Bible, generally when you get a book, we all like to think that, you know, you generally start at the start of the book, don't you? You know, um, so we all sort of head to the start. But if you've read the Bible um, for a bit, you probably know uh, this doesn't always strike a chord with first-time readers of the Bible. And we tend to, uh, as first-time readers of the Bible, uh, we, we often, um, yeah, head over to the New Testament uh, and get people to sort of start there because it gives us, it fills out that picture of Jesus and what he does to us. But if we do start at the the start of the Bible in Genesis, it can sometimes seem a little bit long. Um, There's a story of creation that seems great, um, and I do enjoy reading it. And I'm sure you guys have had the the joy of reading Genesis and how we came to be. Um, And in that story, though, humans fall, fail to trust God and are also banished from the garden. From there, we're basically reading a bunch of obscure stories of humans failing to live up to God's ideal and life getting worse and worse for for them. Then we hit Noah and the boat and the flood. The rest of humanity, and it's a reset for the human race. But with that reset... Unfortunately, we still sin, injustice, we have trust issues that still seem to come in and we keep heading through um, Genesis. But then we get to a point where we get um, to a section in Genesis and amidst all of the humanity's failures, God seems to care specifically for one family, the family of Abraham. Here's what God says about the family of Abraham in Genesis 18. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. And that's found in Genesis 18, 19. Did you catch that? For God's chosen people to keep the way of the Lord. He wants them to do what is right and just. There are two important biblical words here for us to talk about, which I've been touching on, which is righteousness and justice. 
righteousness. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce the Hebrew word for those that have studied well uh, on, on this level. Uh, but there is a Hebrew word that um, talks about righteousness. Uh, it can look like obedience to God's direct commands, but it can also look like treating others like they are made in the image of God. In other words, righteousness is both vertical and horizontal. God wants his people to obey him, and he, he, but he's also really concerned about how they treat each other. And I suppose that's where we're starting to head with justice. And justice, that same uh, has a Hebrew word there, and also has a broad meaning. Justice could be um, executing a justice upon someone for something that they did, but it can also refer to restorative justice or doing the work for making sure that all humans are treated like, like God's image bearers. God and the inspired authors of the Bible texts knew something about human beings. That's that we're prone to injustice. When left, on our, left to our own devices, God builds right into the, uh, into the beginning of the human history an ideal that people would be marked by the way they do righteousness and justice. The ideal is echoed through the whole of the Old Testament and this nation of Israel fails time and time again to live up to this ideal. While many prophets call them back to it, even David, the hero of our Sabbath school classes, fails to do righteousness and justice when he sleeps with another man's wife and then has the man killed to cover it up. If you've ever read the Gospels, none of this is new to you. Jesus comes on the scene and he proposes a radical new way of life for those who want to be a part of his vision of human existence. He says that it's better to give than receive and he calls the poor blessed. This makes some sense to our modern minds that have grown up in a society of welfare and social security, but to an ancient person, it was absurd. Why would it be better to give than receive? Because God, through his son Jesus, is delivering on his deal that humanity would do righteousness and justice. So what does this mean for us? It means that justice in our world is a project perfectly suited for the people of God. The life, death and resurrection of Jesus invites us to be people who do righteousness and justice, working to build a world where everyone is treated as God's, in God's image because that's how he created us. But as sinful humans, in wanting justice for injustice, we need to be careful. We, need, we can't see the true heart 
of the person or the people who have caused the injustice. We need to always seek God's guidance when delivering justice that could impact someone's life. So going back to the story of my brother, he picked up that stick and popped it straight through the spokes of my rear wheel on my bike. It uh, snapped off about 10 of them. And um, yeah, anyway, I was, I was pretty furious. And, but I went into my, my mum and dad and they came out and they assessed the situation and uh, all the kids on the block were all standing around and my brother was crying because, you know, he was, he was upset that I hadn't waited for him. Um, but I think he was also upset that uh, what he had just done uh, was quite full on. Anyway, my mum and dad uh, pulled us both in and they spoke to us both in that situation. And even though... I felt that there was an injustice done on my end by my brother putting the, the, sticks through, the stick through the spokes. My mum and dad also touched on the fact that I didn't wait for my brother and uh, that I had actually caused an injustice as well. So, in their wisdom, they decided that we would both be banned from using our bikes for the next couple of weeks. And um, it was a good lesson. And it was a good lesson for me because even though I thought my brother had done the injustice, uh, it was actually me that had caused the injustice. And uh, I think we, we learned a very, very valuable point there. And I actually think my parents were very, very just in the, how they dealt with that situation on that day. Now, as much as... Uh, yeah, I've imparted some stuff to you. I've actually got a video that I would like to share with you and it probably just reiterates what I've spoken about today but for those visual learners, it might help uh, impact you a little bit more. So we'll pop it on to the video. If you were a praying mantis, it would be socially acceptable to devour your mate. And if you're a honey badger, you have no regard for other animals. You don't care. If you're a panda with twins, it's normal to abandon one to take care of the other. But if humans do any of these things, we would call it wrong, unfair, or unjust. Yeah, why is that? Why do humans care so much about justice? Well, the Bible has a fascinating response to that question. On page one, humans are set apart from all other creatures as the image of God. Yeah, God's representatives who rule the world by his definition of good and evil. And this identity, it's the bedrock of the Bible's view of justice. All humans are equal before God and have the right to be treated with dignity and fairness no matter who you are. And that would be nice if we all did that, but we know how the world really works. And the Bible addresses that too. It shows how we are constantly redefining good and evil to our own advantage at the expense of others. Yeah, self-preservation. And the weaker someone is, the easier it is to take advantage of them. And so in the biblical story, we see this happening on a personal level, but also in families and then in communities and in whole civilizations that create injustice, especially towards the vulnerable. But the story doesn't end there. 
Out of this whole mess, God chose a man named Abraham to start a new kind of family. Specifically, Abraham was to teach his family to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Yeah, doing righteousness, that's a Bible word I don't really use, but what comes to mind is being a good person. But what does that even mean, being good? The biblical Hebrew word for righteousness is tzedakah, and it's more specific. It's an ethical standard that refers to right relationships between people. It's about treating others as the image of God. With the God-given dignity they deserve. And this word justice, it's the Hebrew word mishpat. It can refer to retributive justice. Like if I steal something, I pay the consequences. Exactly. Yet most often in the Bible, mishpat refers to restorative justice. It means going a step further, actually seeking out vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them. Yeah, some people call this charity. But mishpat involves way more. It means taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing social structures to prevent injustice. So justice and righteousness are about a radical, selfless way of life. Yeah, and you find this idea all over the Bible. Like here, in the book of Proverbs, what does it mean to bring about just righteousness? Open your mouth for those who can't speak for themselves. And what do these words mean for the prophets, like Jeremiah? Rescue the disadvantaged and don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant, the orphan, and the widow. And like here, look in the book of Psalms. The Lord God upholds justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, and sets the prisoner free but he thwarts the way of the wicked. Whoa, he thwarts the wicked? Yeah, in Hebrew, the word wicked is rasha. It means guilty or in the wrong. It refers to someone who mistreats another human, ignoring their dignity as an image of God. So justice and righteousness is a big deal to God. Yes, it's what Abraham's family, the Israelites, were to be all about. They ended up as immigrant slaves, being oppressed unjustly in Egypt. And so God confronted Egypt's evil, declaring them to be rasha, guilty of injustice. And so he rescued Israel. But the tragic irony of the Old Testament story is that these redeemed people went on to commit the same acts of injustice against the vulnerable. And so God sent prophets who declared Israel guilty. But they weren't the only ones. There's injustice everywhere. Yeah, some people actively perpetrate injustice. Others receive benefits or privileges from unjust social structures they take for granted. And sadly, history has shown that when the oppressed gain power, they often become oppressors themselves. So we all participate in injustice, actively or passively, even unintentionally. We're all the guilty ones. And so this is the surprising message of the biblical story. God's response to humanity's legacy of injustice is to give us a gift, the life of Jesus. He did righteousness and justice, and yet he died on behalf of the guilty. But then God declared Jesus to be the righteous one when he rose from the dead. And so now Jesus offers his life to the guilty so that they too can be declared righteous before God, not because of anything they've done, but because of what Jesus did for them. The earliest followers of Jesus experienced this righteousness from God, not just as a new status, but as a power that changed their lives and compelled them to act in surprising new ways. Yeah, if God declared someone righteous when they didn't deserve it, the only reasonable response is to go and seek righteousness and justice for others. This is a radical way of life, and it's not always convenient or easy. 
It's courageously making other people's problems my problems. This is what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about a lifetime commitment fueled by the words of the ancient prophet Micah. God has told you, humans, what is good and what the Lord requires of you is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So coming to the end, so let's seek God as his followers and help spread righteousness and justice to a world through God's guidance. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be here, uh, to worship you, and as Christians to embrace what you have asked of us, which is to be righteous and just to the people around us and to help support them um, in finding justice uh, in this world that at times can be very unjust. Lord, we just thank you that we can worship freely, that um, we can meet together uh, and um, share the amazing things that you do in each of our lives. And may we share those things that are happening uh, for us with others and encourage them to seek you and um, to just sit at your feet and listen to what you have to say. Lord, we love you so much. We look forward to the weeks ahead. I know for some uh, we've got school holidays, um, but for, for others they, they will continue to work through. But I just pray that you be with each of uh, those people. Uh, I think of those doing uni as well and uh, all the assignments that are due there as, as well for them. Uh, and I just pray that you'll guide them too. Lord, we love you. We seek you every day. And I just really pray that um, we will be seen as righteous and just people in the eyes of others. We ask this now in your name. Amen.